Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. It's good to be here and see some familiar faces. Uh, again, want to honor the leaders of this church, uh, Pastor Derek and Kaylee. Puckett are good friends of, of my wife and, and I. Um, it's also good to see Steve and, and Kristen as well. Um, and other, other familiar faces. I'm a native of Chicago, born and raised on the playground. That's where I spent most of my days. Um, not really. I didn't really play basketball very well. But, you know, it's a, it's a catchy song. So I uh, grew up in the Humble Park neighborhood, if you're familiar with Chicago. I'm not talking about the new Humble Park where there's coffee shops. I'm talking about the old Humble Park where it uh, uh, wasn't quite uh, what it is now. But uh, lived in West Garfield Park for 20 years. Um, Sox fan, a Bulls fan, a Bears fan. Uh, just love my city. Uh, came to Christ through uh, the faithfulness of my mother and grandmother who shared the gospel with me. Been married to my lovely wife, Heidi, uh, for almost 22 years. Uh, she's a native Wisconsin person, uh, Door County specifically, so she likes cheese and beer. Um, she doesn't really like beer, but brats, uh, all that kind of stuff. So um, I want to turn our attention to Jeremiah 29 and and I'm gonna, we're gonna kind of walk through verses one through 11, but I want us to start backwards a little bit uh, in verse 11. Verse 11 is, is a very familiar passage. It's quoted often. Uh, it's kind of given in discouraging situations uh, to build us up. It's a beautiful verse. And it says this, for I know the plants I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is God speaking. So when he says, I know the plans I have for you, he's one who doesn't just have plans, but who has the power and the authority to carry them out. Sometimes Heidi may have a rough day at work and, and, and I could create plans to try to make her happy and give her rest and it may work, it may not. But the beauty that this is God, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke into existence, the one who raises the dead, who gives sight to the blind. When he says, I have plans for you, we could hold on to that. We could take that to the bank. It is good. It is a good word. For I know the plans I have for you, plans, the ESV says welfare. Some of your translations may say peace. The, the Hebrew word is, is shalom. And really there's no good English word for shalom. Shalom is this idea of, of peace that, that is a deep peace. It's a, it's a peace that expands to every area of our life. In Ukraine right now, there's, there's war. There's been war for a few months. If Russia pulled out tomorrow, ended the war, that does not mean that there's going to be peace tomorrow. 
because there are buildings that have been destroyed. There are family members who have been lost. There, there are businesses that have been shut down. There, there is peace that still needs to be rebuilt. In our country, in, in, after slavery and in, in after segregation, after Jim Crow laws in 1964, the Civil Rights Act was passed. That does not mean that there's peace now, true shalom, with white and black Americans. There is peace that still needs to happen. I think we would agree with that. There is still brokenness that needs to be repaired. This idea of shalom is, is a shalom that's not just physical, but it's, it's emotional, it's, it's social, it affects our relationships with one another. It's spiritual as well. God, when he created the heavens and the earth, when you go back to Genesis chapter 1, he, he speaks that it is good when he creates the, the heavens, the stars. He creates mankind, male and female. He says it is, it is, it is good, it is very good, it is beautiful. And Adam and Eve, the first of humanity, walked with God in the garden. They didn't have to labor very hard for their work. They, they, there was no childbirth pains. There was no enmity between them. There, there was a strong relationship with them and God as they walked with him in the cool of the day. There was shalom. Yet sin enters the world that breaks that shalom, that breaks that peace. It separates us from God, but also separates us from one another. Marriages have difficulty, have challenges. Parents who love their kids and raise their kids may not be pleased with the direction their, their children are headed in. Racial relationships are broken. Countries are at war with each other. There, there's systemic injustice in, in our country that we're still facing day to day. And God, again, gives us this hope, gives us this promise. For I know the plans I have for you, plans for shalom, not for evil. It, now, we understand that as there's a God in heaven, there's also a, a, a devil with his demons at work here on earth. We have power and principal, there's principalities at play that are seeking to destroy your marriage, seeking to destroy your relationship with your kids, seeking to destroy our relationships with one another. That's not God's plan, not for evil, but to give you a future, a future that is bright, a future that is beautiful, a future that has hope and that has promise. I think we could all say amen to this, verse 11. That God knows the plans. Think, think about whatever is troubling you right now. I was at a funeral yesterday. 20 plus years who was killed in Humble Park a couple weeks ago. Early to mid-30s. The kid that I mentored. The kid that I walked with. The kid that I knew his family. Whose life was struck down along with his best friend, violence of our city. Sometimes it's hard to hold on to this promise. And God is like, 
God, yeah, yeah, I know you have plans for me in the future for this peace. I know there's heaven, and I know there's no more pain in heaven. I know there's no more cancer in heaven. I, I know there's no more brokenness in heaven. But the idea that God has this purpose and this plan for us, not just in the future, not just in heaven, but right now, right here. That we could, we could experience this shalom, this peace that surpasses all understanding. Now I want us to walk through the context of this passage. So if you will join me in verse 1 of Jeremiah 29. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The people of God were in captivity by another empire, by the Babylonian Empire. They were there to serve Babylon. They were there to build Babylon's gardens, to build Babylon's buildings. They, they were there away from their home, away from their promised land that God had brought them to and promised for them for all eternity. They were in Babylon. And this, verse 2, was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the the craftsmen, the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. God sends his prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, we, we, we give him a nickname. We call him the weeping prophet. He is one who often had news for people that people didn't want to hear, but it was true news. And this is the word that God sends to the people in exile, the, the people who are away from their promised land, the, the people who are away from their place of peace, their place of shalom, a society, a culture that didn't worship the same God, that, that didn't love one another, that didn't extend kindness. A city, a nation of, of brokenness. This is, thus says the Lord of hosts in verse 4, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile. What's crazy here is just a couple of verses earlier we saw that Nebuchadnezzar sent them into exile. Here we see that God sends them into exile. God reigns over all that happens over our lives, the good and the bad. He works it all out for the good of those who love him and according to his purpose. Sometimes God uses pain. Sometimes God uses brokenness. Sometimes God uses destroyed marriages. Sometimes God uses murders in our community. He has put us where we are. He has put us on in our community. Some, some of us are native Chicagoans. We, Chicagoans. We've been here our whole life. Others have been transplanted due to school, due to work, due to maybe a, a significant other. But make no mistake, that is God who has you here today. It is God who has you living in your family, in your community, in this city, in this yet-to-be United States of America. It is God who directs us 
who leads us, who has a purpose and a, and a plan for us. God is the one who has us here. And Acts 17 says that God determines our, 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 our period of time and our location so that we might draw other people to God, to himself. God has a purpose for us greater than even ourselves. So he says, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, what does he tell us to do? Verse 5, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and produce and eat their produce. You, you imagine being the Jewish people who are in exile in Babylon. And you're thinking, man, let me just wait out my time. Let me just soon and very soon, we'll be back home. We'll be back in this place of peace. And yet God's words through the weeping prophet Jeremiah is settle down. You're going to be here a while. Get comfortable. Pull up a chair. Build a home. Plant a garden. What God's saying here is, is yo, I, I want you to make home here. I don't want you to wait for the then and there. I don't want you to wait for glory one day. I want you to be here. Be where I have placed you. Make the most of it. Build whole homes. Invest in your community. Add to its value. Plant gardens. You may live in a food desert. Do something about it. Plant a garden. Produce a harvest for you and your neighbors. What else does he say? Get, get married and have children. And have grandchildren. Don't be concerned with the society you live in and, and, and you're worried about what your children are going to learn and how your children are going to be influenced by the larger society. No, no. Have children. Trust me that I, I got them. That I got your children. I got your grandchildren. Even in a pagan land. Even in a broken world. You may not be able to protect them, but I will. Multiply there and do not decrease. Expand, flourish. God has purpose for us in the midst of a broken city, in the midst of a broken country. And I love verse 7. But seek the peace of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its peace you will find your peace. If you're like me, when you were younger, some of you are children at heart, so I saw some of you guys going to play kickball. I haven't played kickball since like fifth grade PE. Um, my wife is a child at heart. Like when it snows, she wants to go out and have a snowball fight, make a snowman. I'm like, girl, we're 45. You know, it's like, <laughs> it is cold out there. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to like playing this game called hide and seek. Okay? Some of y'all play hide and freak. I'm not talking about that. Okay? <laughs> but, but hide and seek. Right? You're, you're, you're with your friends, just sleep over, you're hanging out at their house, right? They might be at your house, and, and uh, someone's, someone's the person who has to go find you, right? They've got to count to 20 or whatever, right? Um, and uh, you go and you hide. And there were some that were better at this game than others. 
There were some who, like, you could hear the whispering, they're laughing, they're chuckling, who, you know, it's like, you goofy. It's like, there's other people who, like, hid behind a plant, you know, and, and like, I could see you there, right? There's other people who are really good. Like, like they, they got under the cabinet, under the sink, you know, they hid themselves behind the pots and pans. They got in that laundry basket, you know, with all the dirty drawers and socks. And, and they were like, no one's going to find me. They put the clothes on top of them, right, and so forth. You, we've all played hide and seek, right? And, and what, what, what I always hated is, is I was kind of like in the middle. I was, I was decent at it, you know, and so forth. But, but every once in a while, like that person who was supposed to find you gave up too easily, they like, in five seconds, they got bored, and they went and started doing something else, right? And you're sitting in this hamper, you know, and now you're frustrated because they didn't even try to find you. They took the fun out of the game. Like, you were going to be the, you're going to get the award for winning hide and seek, and now you can't get it. Right here, what God is saying through the prophet Jeremiah is seek the peace of the city. And sometimes that, that, that may be a little difficult. It may be a little bit challenging to seek the peace of a greater society, to seek the peace of a, of a city that seems to be controlled by violence. Every time we turn on the news, there's a new murder. We used to, you used to go to the bean to take your pictures with the reflection, and, and now there's a murder there. You used to walk down Chicago by state, and, and now 10 people are shot and two people are killed. Notice the word of God does not say, leave the brokenness, but to seek the peace in the midst of brokenness. What does it look like for us to be involved in searching out how do we end violence in our city? How do we not just avoid it, but how do we, how do we seek it out? How do we pursue it? How, how do we help others obtain this? What, is, what does it look like in, 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 a, in a city that that is filled with haves and have-nots, where there's certain neighborhoods that are gentrifying and, and the poor are being pushed out into the margins. What does it look like to seek peace as a, as, as a real estate investor who, who, who's not only in it to make more money, to make more profit, but who helps others rise up in that society? to buy homes, to build generational wealth? What does it look like for the teacher who has a class of 30 students and, and feels overwhelmed because you don't have the resources that are needed? What does it look like when you have three of those kids you just want to smack every day? <laughs> and you're just counting down the days. There's only 10 more days left of the school year. And I never have to see little Jimmy again. What does it look like to seek peace in that setting? 
to seek the shalom of that classroom, to, to give little Jimmy the opportunity to be loved and to be cared for despite how he acts. To overcome the brokenness of his family that maybe he didn't sleep the night before because he was worried about stepdad coming into his room. Or, 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 or he hadn't eaten in a couple days. And maybe he's just acting out of that. What does it look like to seek peace in that? What does it look like as a lawyer who, who, who can maybe take a case to defend somebody who you know is guilty, but they could pay the check versus someone you know is innocent and just can't get right representation? What does it look like to forsake the, the bag to seek peace? What does it look like to be a, a, a business owner who gives a, a chance, who gives an, a job to someone who other people overlook because of their criminal record, because of their past history? Will we let someone's worst day define the rest of their lives? What does it look like to seek peace in our city? What does it look like to seek peace of a parent who might have been abusive to you in your upbringing, to care for that parent in their old age? What does it look like to seek peace and to not give up and not to grow weary in doing good? Seek the peace of the city or the shalom of the city where I have sent you. Again, God has sent us in that position. He has put us there. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, knowing that it's not my work that's going to change a broken city, a broken community, a broken family. It's the power of God that works through us, that we depend upon him to do what we could never imagine. Do we believe that in 10 years Chicago could have no murders? Do we believe in 10 years that everyone who wants to own a house can own a house? Do we believe in 10 years here in Chicago that there's no one without jobs, that there's no homeless? Pray to the Lord on his behalf for, for catch this, for it, it's peace or it's shalom you will find what? Your shalom. Going back to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. In American Western society, we, 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 we understand you as being me, myself. I want peace for me. So if I'm in a violent community, I'm moving to Naperville. If, 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 if the school in my community is, is underperforming, I'm moving my kids to a better school. We, 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 we leave situations. We, we abandon situations. And maybe there's a time for that. But who are the people who are going to seek the peace? And Because what God is saying here, for in its peace, in, in the city's peace, you will find your peace. It's not that God 
wants us to live in violent communities. It's not that God wants us to be in, in broken families. It's not that God wants us to be in a, in a, in a broken si- judicial system and stay there and be happy about it. No, God wants his shalom. He wants his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. He wants peace. But he uses us to accomplish it. So when we, when we see you, as southerners will say, we should interpret that to y'all. For I know the plans I have for y'all. For I know the plans I have for the city of Chicago. For I know the plans I have for this country. For I know the plans I have for this world. For when the judicial system is fixed, when there's peace there, then I don't have to worry about it again. My neighbor doesn't have to worry about it again. When this brokenness of the schools are fixed, no one has to worry about it anymore. For in its peace, you will find your Peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 8, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I do not send them, declares the Lord. What, what God's saying is he's confronting the lies that they've been hearing of false prophets who've been going around and saying, hey, just sit tight, just hold on. Your, your time is up. We're, we're, we're going to be in Jerusalem by, by this time next year. God says they're lying to you. What are the lies that, that we're told in our society? Just keep climbing up that corporate ladder. Don't worry about who you're stepping over. Don't worry about who you're pushing down below you. Keep, keep, keep making money for yourself. Keep Keep seeking your peace, your prosperity. Don't worry about what happens around you. Those are lies. God has called us to be his people who who don't just seek peace for us, but who seek peace for the community, who seek peace for the greater society. For thus says the Lord in verse 10, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I could imagine being the people of God hearing this word from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you crazy now. 70 years? I could hold on for maybe six months. I could hold on for maybe a couple more years. But 70 years, that sounds like a lifetime. Like I'm going to be dying in 70 years. Right now, I'm going to be dead. 70 years. Spend your lifetime in Babylon seeking the beauty of Babylon. Seeking the shalom of the city at large. That is the call that God gives to his people. I I will visit you and I will fulfill you my promise and bring you back to this place. I, I will bring you back to my kingdom. I will bring you back to this place where there will be no more pain and no more suffering. I will bring you back where there's no more systemic injustice, where, where there's no disparities. I will bring you back, but, but not right now. Right now you are to bring it about where I've placed you. And it leads into verse 11. For I know the plans 
I have for the city of Chicago. Plans to prosper. To give the city of Chicago a hope and a future. Wherever God has placed you, whatever situation you see brokenness, I hope that you see hope. I hope that you see potential. That, 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 that you could transform someone's life. You could transform a community. You could transform a city through the power of God who indwells you. And I'm thankful that Jesus, who was God himself, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Who did not look down upon the earth and say, I can't believe they messed up. If only they would pull themselves up by their bootstraps. If only they would love each other. If, if only they would do better, who did not wag his finger down upon us, but did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but, but became one of us, took the form of a servant. A servant. He washed the feet of his disciples. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. He, 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 he hungered like we hunger. He lost a friend. He had other friends disown him. He, he, he humbled himself. He, he forsook his place in heaven for us, for the greater good of society, so that we might have life in him. He, 2,000 years ago, went to the cross. He stretched his arms. He hung his head. For me, he died. For you. But what, what, what is beautiful in all of this is that he did not stay dead, but that he rose with all power in his hand. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's interceded for you, teacher. He's interceded for you, realtor. He's interceded for you, parent. He's interceded for you, neighbor. He's interceded for you, lawyer, judge, so that you may continue the work that he has begun, the work that he has empowered you to do, to bring peace in this city where he has called you to be. So that when the tide rises, we all rise with it. So that we all have a city that looks more like heaven. Father, I pray in your mighty name, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Lord God, I pray against the lies of the enemy, against the lies of the American dream that tell us to achieve for ourselves, to step over other people, to beat others along the way. But Lord God, we, we thank you that Jesus Christ 
came down that ladder. God, he humbled himself. He, he took the form of a servant. He, he, he took the crown of thorns upon his head, Lord God, so that we might have life and have it to the fullest. And God, we pray that the same shalom that lives within us would, would expand into our communities, into our workplaces, into our city. Lord God, would you use us to be your people who humble ourselves. Lord God, who, who yes, want peace, but don't want it absent of our neighbors. So Lord God, we bring justice. Let it rain. Let it flow like mighty rivers. Lord God, will you bring equity to our schools? Lord God, will you bring home ownership to the west and south side? Lord God, will you end the violence in our cities, Lord God, and will you use us to bring this about? In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.